1: Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app, and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a Pick 'Em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply.
2: I'm Adam Weinrib.
3: And I'm Thomas Carinante. We're bringing you the most complete and hilarious Yanks chat
2: you'll find anywhere. This is the Yanks Go Yard podcast, courtesy of Fanside. Welcome to an off-season plan edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. And while baseball is still being played, the New York Yankees are no longer a part of it. Uh, We went through this painstaking detail on Monday, uh, but we're back for more. Now we're going to try to solve everything. Uh, We've got moves, uh, and we've got a lot to talk about in the Major League Baseball landscape, specifically the Houston Astros, who just got raised in much the same way that we got raised last week, but they are not invited to the support group. Uh, Folks, make sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you do get your podcasts. Make sure to drop us a five-star review and a comment. There is no better time than the present. Uh, we're going to be doing mailbags all winter uh, while we detail uh, the various moves of free agency that are being made and being not made, and we'd love for your questions to be part of it. Thomas, uh, it's been uh, about half a week since Yankees baseball ended. Are you, are you overall healthier? How are your pores? Like, what, what's going on?
3: <laughs> I'm good. Uh, just hoping that whatever we suggest over the next uh, couple weeks, helps build our resume to potentially maybe down the road, grab coffees for Brian Cashman in the Yankees front office. That's, that's all I'm looking forward to. Uh, I think we have a lot of good insight. I think we have a finger on our pull on the pulse of what this team needs and what this team uh, aspires to be. And, you know, I think we could fill the gaps here and determine what moves need to be made this off season in order to finally get over the hump in 2021 and, you know, either get to the, getting to the World Series is the, first, is the first step. Winning it is the second step. So we don't know what will happen then. But changes need to be made. Um, I think the fans have a uh, very good instinct in terms of what this team needs. And I think the front office needs to take note of some of that because, like we were discussing um, a couple of days ago, if this team just signs Charlie Morton and Michael Brantley two years ago, we probably win a world series. Like I'm I'm not even trying to stir the pot or exaggerate here. We probably, we probably do. That gives us the contact hitter we need on the left side of the plate. That gives us another reliable, uh, you know, steadfast playoff arm. And instead we let them go to two of our biggest rivals. So I, I just don't understand, but whatever. I'm okay. I'm breathing through it. I'm glad that the rays are doing this to another team and not just us. That's, that's probably got me feeling the best. Um, I'm over the L. It is what it is. We're now f- are in on to the fourth game of the ALCS. So uh, can't let these scars continue to just murder me day in and day out. Got to get over it. We're moving on. Hot stove's about to start up in a couple weeks. I'm ready.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. I, I mean, I think, I think Yankee fans and the people who run the Yankees in general have to realize that these titles are very clearly won at the margins. And so when you – you know, when you let an obviously effective and helpful player like Michael Brantley go to the Astros for no money, an inconsequential sum, and when you let Charlie Morton, who just beat you in the World Series, just walk right to the Rays, like the Rays of all teams, these are the situations in which you have to have the awareness of just, if I make this very minute move, an extra eight million dollars per year, I can have this, this player that's just, that's not just a, you know, it's not an unplayable, like Adam is being paid that much money. Yeah. And he got to the playoffs two years in a row, and unfortunately he's been unplayable despite being largely effective during the 2019 regular season. Charlie Morton's a game two or three starter. He costs the same amount of money. He's plug and play, and he's like an automatic five or six shutout innings in a postseason game. Michael Brantley's hitting 353 with three homers this postseason, uh, like across this postseason before he flew out to end last night's game uh, to put the Houston Astros down 3-0 to the Tampa Bay Rays, which we will certainly address later. Um, but, but these are guys that are putting up like, you know, we love Gio Urshela. We love Aaron Judge. And those guys are putting up 100s in, in the ALDS. You need bats that are consistent in the middle of the order and at the ends of the order in addition to the boomer bust guys. And these are marginal improvements that our rivals made that we specifically chose not to make. Um, so it, with that in mind, obviously, there, there's not going to be this massive overhaul this offseason. You know, we were reactionary. Um, a lot of people are going to start talking about trading Luke Voigt at his peak, which is kind of a weird take because I still feel like 40 home runs from Luke Voigt are more important to the New York Yankees than getting someone's eighth and third.
1: Repeat after me. I, Kevin, take you, Susan. I, Kevin,
2: take you, Susan. It's a Jamie from Progressive. Jamie! No, it's all right. I can talk.
3: Progressive protects you 24-7, which means you can contact us anytime. Shh! Hmm, I'm getting a loud
2: shh sound so i'm gonna talk louder what can i help you with today uh-huh oh yeah progressive can do that Ugh, there's that noise again hold on let me put you on speaker
4: contact us 24 7 on the phone online or on the mobile app progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms
2: best prospect would be uh, keep in mind first basemen who aren't paul goldschmidt don't go for a king's ransom and paul goldschmidt even like didn't even Penn, go for that much yeah. <laughs> yeah like like, that's what you want? You'd rather have Carson Kelly and Luke Weaver on the Yankees than Luke Voigt? Like, that's, that's dumb. So, it, you know, the Voigt thing, I think you keep him, but the trade Voigt does speak to this indicative larger logjam um, in that, you know, on the infield, you have Glaber Torres at shortstop who, you know, after 60 games did not really prove that he's a shortstop. Uh, that was rough stuff, and, and you watch the Rays, and you watch, like, Willie Adamas cook at short, and you go, what are we doing? Uh, but I do think that, you know, this offseason pulling Glaber off short, moving him to second, re-signing DJ LeMahieu just to move him to first, and then trading Luke Voigt or DHing him and trying to wedge Giancarlo Stanton back into the outfield. I mean, just the number of dominoes that have to fall for this to make any sort of sense, I don't think are worth it, especially with this teeny, tiny 60 game sample. Uh, and plus, everybody wants to re-sign DJ LeMahieu. I don't think he re-signs if you tell him he's a full-time first baseman. Like, the guy wants to come back. He's made that perfectly clear. Hal Steinbrenner made it clear yesterday. He said, I'm aware of his vow. I know how much he means to the team. We'll leave it at that. I think that conversation is not going to be that long. But if it includes this proposition where DJ moves to first base for the rest of his career and signs a four-year deal, like, that's not what he is. He's a middle infielder, and he's a gold glover. So I think trying to wedge him in there just so you can get rid of the guy who carried you at the plate down the stretch Feels pointless. That feels like shuffling the deck chairs on the Titanic, but way worse. It feels like shuffling them on top of the iceberg. Like, what does that do? So, for me, um, a lot of talk about a Francisco Lindor trade. That's the upgrade this team needs. For me, here's here's my move. Um, I would keep in mind. I would I would go into 2021 with Glaber as a shortstop. Give him this one more year. If if after a full season in 2021, it's clear it's not working, that that's when you'll know. Like you, you'll have more data. And you'll know after seeing him next year. Um, so if it's still not working, the free agent shortstop class in 2021 is ridiculous. Um, Lindor himself is a free agent. Javi Baez is a free agent. Uh, but perhaps most importantly uh, to me, Trevor story of the Colorado Rockies is a free agent. Uh, it's possible that we were eyeing the wrong Rocky all along when we were looking at Nolan Arenado or when we were trying to trade for Troy Tulowitzki. endlessly. Uh, Story's the guy. I mean, he, he's, he's so young. He's so athletic, incredible defender, like almost Arenado level at short. It's crazy how bad the Rockies are considering how good Story and Arenado are. Um, and if Glaber owns a shortstop position and hits 30 homers next year and, you know, and that's 295 and plays not gold glove level short, but adequate level short, it's solid to good, uh, you don't make that move. Yeah. But if you have another full season of data under your belt, uh, just just stay patient because there's, there's enough here to carry the Yankees through 2021. Uh, but if for some reason after another year you draw the conclusion that you hate what you see, Trevor's story is available.
3: Yeah. I think that's a great plan. Um, I, I like, I don't think the Rockies are, he's not, he's probably not going to want to stay with the Rockies. Cause I think Arenado has the opt out after this year and he doesn't want to stay there. Um, so that's a perfect, you know, emergency plan and it wouldn't cost the Yankees a haul like Francisco Lindor will. Um, and plus you know, right now, in order to trade for Lindor, it's going to cost a ton, and then we're going to have to shuffle everything. This gives us a year to figure out if this is the right answer instead of just immediately putting this plan into place without getting a full 162-game slate under our belt for a sample size. Um, I love it. Uh, I'm going to say something pretty pretty maddening. Uh, I'll probably get crucified for it, but you look back over these last two years, and what has doomed the Yankees? Um And by doom, I just mean this roster predicament that we're in boom and bust lineup, uh, lack of left handed hitters, lack of contact hitters, uh, lack of, um, I guess, ability to play small ball. Or, you know, you don't have a guy in the lineup who you're like, okay, we're bunting with this guy to move this runner over. Everybody in the Yankees lineup, you're like, okay, they have to hit. We're not bunting. We're not bunting with Labor Torres in the seventh spot. We're not bunting with, you know, Gary Sanchez in the ninth spot. It's just not happening. Um, people will kill me for this, but as good as signing DJ LeMahieu was, it kind of screwed up all the plans uh, because now we're looking at him as a free agent and we're, they're talking about moving potentially Urshela or Voigt or Frazier this offseason to get value. LeMahieu's not going to want to play third full-time. He's not going to want to play first full time. So now he's in the middle infield. He can't play short. So that leaves Glaber at short when Glaber was clearly more comfortable at second. Letting DD Gregorius go kind of, you know, mess with the chemistry in the middle infield um, in that regard. Uh, and now we have to sign DJ because he's been absolutely incredible. But it's kind of hamstrung us in a sense because in order to keep him and to get the, I guess, the grand plan that we want in motion with getting, you know, this infield in, uh, in sync and adding this extra bat that's going to help us. We can't really do it without having to either wait another year or consider a blockbuster trade that involves, you know, either moving Glaber in the infield or moving him off the team. Um, And then, you know, wrote an article the other day about how if some, if one of, if the Yankees trade one of your favorite boys this year, in Gio or Clint or Voigt, blame the Giancarlo Stanton deal. Blame it all you want. Blame the front office for that. They, instead of paying for pitching, they decided to trade for a $325 million contract, which was the largest in North American sports history at the time. And they got another redundant player. I know he was coming off his NL MVP campaign. I know. I, I get it. It's great. It, it, I mean, you looked at it and you're like, holy shit, we have Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton in the middle of the lineup. How is... How is anybody going to stop us? We didn't foresee the injury issues happening, though you look farther farther enough back on Stanton's track record. He barely played a number of full seasons during his time with the Marlins. A lot of knee issues. And then he comes to the Yankees, and now he cannot play the field. He is a $29 million designated hitter, and that leaves Aaron Boone with zero flexibility in the lineup. He cannot DH Luke Voigt one day. He cannot DH Gio Rochella one day. He cannot DH Clint Frazier one day. Giancarlo Stanton is making – nearly $30 million a year through 2027, and he will be playing every single damn day if he is not able to be in the field, which he will not be able to, because he has not done that the last two years. So um, I'm not going to blame signing LeMahieu. That's crazy. But I think signing him did kind of put a wrench in whatever was going on. I think the Yankees maybe thought Glaber was going to be, a much better shortstop than he is. Still, like you said, the jury's out. I think we'll find out in 2021. But I think the Stanton deal was the worst. They added a redundant player who can only hit, can't really play the field, had injury issues, and has a prohibitive salary. And now here we are. Um, but that's my take on what the what the what's going to hold us back this offseason in terms of um, kind of upgrading this roster and building more and more and getting the pieces that we want. Because it's going to be hard without making a monumental move or acquiring somebody like we're about to talk about, perhaps a Whit Merrifield. But then what? He's not an everyday player. Then Whit Merrifield's on the bench because we have too many guys? I don't know. What do you think about that?
2: Well, that's the most confusing thing. And you said it too, like the other day, when we signed DJ, it spoiled Yankee fans because they think he's the second coming of God. Because he can hit for contact and power at the same time. Yeah. Like Yankee fans love DJ LeMahieu, rightfully so. He's amazing. He, he led the league in batting every year. What's not to like? But theoretically, he's just doing what like people did for generation. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, he, you know, he's, he's hitting for average and 20 home runs. Like, what the, what we got to get, But where do they, where do they make these guys in a lab? We need more of these. And it's <laughs> like, that should just be what baseball players are. But we're so. You know, we, we watch a team of Rob Deers, and it's like, whoa, whoa. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's a problem, but it, it does have us wanting a guy like Whit Merrifield who can fill in theoretically anywhere, um, and he's sort of been available in trade theoretically forever. The Royals asking price is high. I wonder if the send-off of Alex Gordon this year is going to teach the Royals something about maximizing the return on their franchise icons. Like, I don't know if it's going to swing them one way or the other, because Gordon stuck around forever, long past the Royals' mini dynasty. Kane's gone. Alcides Escobar's gone. Hosmer's gone. And Gordon's still there. And it's kind of like, okay, so now he is their guy. It's kind of just like, come to the Royals game and see Alex Gordon. We're not very good, but, like, he'll be here. He'll be playing left field, and he might go one for four, but the team's bad um and it makes you wonder if they if they thought that was a good model it, or if this year kind of made them sad doing the alex gordon farewell tour um unfortunately in front of no fans but like what did that do for them like you 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 keep him until his twilight years just to say that you still have him like do the fans really connect to that i don't know maybe the royals are going to swing one way or another here Whit merrifield has been floated for a number of years but the asking price has always been way too high He's a lot like LeMahieu. He's a slightly lower He's a slightly lower OBP guy, too. Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call c Seatown, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice-cold Pepsi right here in Seabus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi. And say, here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. Um, but he plays anywhere. And the dirty little secret of the Yankees free agency is that, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about where people can go and what happens when you move Luke Voigt over and the DH spot is occupied and all that stuff. If they're going to obtain new faces in the lineup, it's probably going to be people who do not play every day and who play a number of positions so that they can give everybody a breather, as opposed to just getting an all-star shortstop. Mm -hmm. Like trading for Lindor, who must play shortstop every day, and your best lineup always has Lindor in it. They're probably going to have to build from the bench on up. Um, And and so Merrifield might end up starting 145, 150 games, but 20 of them in left, 30 of them at third, a bunch at short. Like That just might be what life is, and it's weird, and it might breed inconsistency in the same way that Aaron Boone you know, play the catcher position day by day this year. Um, but sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes the best teams lineups do not look the same ever. The Rays were playing guys. Mike Brosseau didn't play like the whole ALDS. And then there he was at the end of it, you know, winning it with a homer. Like the Rays have these interchangeable parts that we don't necessarily have. And so trading for a guy like Whit Merrifield, who is just a hit king, led the American League in hits in both 2018 and 2019 and is, is almost the exact same age as LeMahieu, but doesn't really get the pomp and circumstance. It's the kind of move that we're talking about with the Brantley and Morton thing. As soon as Whit Merrifield went to a good team, we would be terrified of him. We know exactly what he was. We know exactly what he'd do. Um, so why not make it your team if you have the chance? Um, we, talked a lot about, we talked a lot about a Merrifield trade, adding Josh Stalmont, Uh, you know, if you want to make it a larger thing uh a 26 year old reliever who kind of burst out in his first full year this year 37 k's and 25 and two-thirds but he's a 26 year old reliever coming off his best season in major league baseball i don't think the rebuilding kansas city royals have any need for that so maybe you expand that trade you make clint frazier a part of it unfortunately that kind of feels like what that would entail that opens up at bats for merrifield and left uh as depressing as that is But if you're getting an all-star level infielder, outfielder, and a top reliever, um, Clint plus maybe your number eight, number 12 prospect feels pretty viable. Uh, Then you don't have to dip into the Clark Schmidt and Davey Garcia pool. You can sort of, you know, Clint, we love him, but they found a way to make him redundant in the playoffs again. It's depressing. He deserves a chance to start. And if it's not with us, you know, it's got to be somewhere. Um, I advocate for the Merrifield thing. And if you want to do what we just talked about on a cheaper you know, in a cheaper manner, uh, there. There's another move, President. It's it's a lefty, and it's Tommy LoStella who can play. You know, sec, same deal. Second short, third left field, plug and play wherever you need him. Uh, a 280 to 300 hitter, uh, just a dude who makes contact, just a dirt, just an absolute dirt, a grinder, um, solid to very good on defense, uh, and is the kind of guy who, if he if he's batting eighth or ninth, and it comes up in a bunt situation, you can trust him to lay it down. And you're not asking Gary Sanchez to go out of his comfort zone. Or you're not asking Brett Gardner, who's kind of unwilling to do that kind of stuff. I think Brett Gardner is sort of an unimpeachable Yankee legend at this point. Cause we love him, but he doesn't steal and he never has. And it's like, aren't you the nope. fastest guy in the team? Like he hasn't stolen a base since 2010. Like crazy. That's why we were so excited to get Jacoby Ellsbury. Cause we had Gardner and Ellsbury was what people told us Gardner was. It's like, why the fuck doesn't this guy steal all the time? Like, it wasn't a part of his game. I don't know if he's had like a good stolen base season since 2010. Um, so Listella is the guy who could do those little things if you want a ball on a budget instead of making the big play for Merrifield. But I'd say the Royals are my first call this offseason if I'm trying to shake things up.
3: Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm more of a subtraction guy this offseason just because we know what's working and we know what's not. Um, I don't think making – I think, you know, signing Brantley and signing LaSella are very realistic things who was the other guy you wanted the lefty bat uh, oh well DD <laughs> oh yeah DD oh yeah well you know that's uh, you know so look there'll be lefty bats available that hit that hit for contact and that'll be that, that'll be attainable they won't they won't be uh, super high priced where the front office is uh, concerned about spending money because, as we saw, Hal Steinbrenner said that they believe they absorb the most losses of any team in Major League Baseball.
2: Okay. Um,
3: yeah, whatever. I mean, I, I, I believe it, uh, but I also don't give a shit um, because it doesn't matter. Uh, it, it, it literally doesn't matter. You're, you're worth five billion dollars. You can you know afford to lose a couple mil here and there. Um, my biggest thing is subtractions, though. I think number one, number one order is trading Chapman and I don't understand why you wouldn't. Um, He has a full no trade clause, which is the problem, but we're watching the Los Angeles Dodgers kind of implode right now because they got no options in the back end of the bullpen. Kenley Jansen is no longer a closer. Um, They're going to, uh, you know who they go to the other night. They, they went to Pedro Baez last night in an in an attempt to stop the bleeding. That failed Blake miserably. Trinan, Blake Trinan Blake,
2: in a tie game.
3: Blake Trinan, who I would also sign. You know, I to find do, him too. To do, find the, him too. Yeah, to do the sixth, seventh inning, wouldn't bring him in in the ninth. However, um, uh, but I think getting rid of Chapman is the first line of order. You can convince him to waive his no trade if he's going to um, a team, a contender like the Dodgers. I even think the Phillies are attainable. Um, I also pitched the Twins. Those are all contending teams. The Twins have a lot of other things to take care of in terms of, uh, in terms of keeping around their impending free agents and doing other things in order to keep the roster intact. Um, but I don't think it's out of the question to have him waive his no trade, uh, especially because he's not very well-liked in New York. Let's be honest with ourselves. He's, like we discussed the other day, he's been responsible for three of the last four playoff exit, exits, largely. Uh, that blown game two in the 2017 ALCS could have made all the difference if they won that game. We'll never know. Um, and then, obviously, um, 2019 and 2020, uh, if he does it again, it, it, it would be full-on chaos in the Bronx. This this organization would never be forgiven. And honestly, Chapman, you know, if, if fans are against deploying him earlier on in the game, then what's the use? It's funny because no one's a traditionalist nowadays. No, every baseball fan is like, oh, we're, you know, we're, we love bat flips. We love emotional expression. You know, we love, you know, pitching this guy here, pitching this guy there. And then when it comes down to it and we need somebody to get six outs, we call on Chapman in the seventh and eighth inning and everyone's like, well, this guy's supposed to come in in the ninth inning. What, what are they doing? It doesn't, it, it, if he, if you don't want him coming in on any other inning aside from the ninth, he has no use on this team. He doesn't. He has wow. no He he doesn't. He has no memorable saves for the Yankees. His only good series, like we talked about, was the 2017 ALDS against the Indians, and that was it. That is absolutely it. I don't care if he's getting... And guess what? The other other thing that we have failed to talk about, which most people have failed to talk about, is that Zach Britton, the decision on Zach Britton has to come this offseason for the next two years. If they don't pick up his 2022 option this offseason, when the World Series ends, they have three days to do it, he has the ability to exercise his player option for the for the 2021 season and why in god's name is he going to exercise that when he could probably get more money elsewhere he's had a he had another great year he came to play during the playoffs aside from uh you know that that one outing against the, the indians was rough but i uh but we ended up getting through it um some team would love to sign a free agent lefty like zach Britton, who needs support the dodgers would do it the dodgers would do that in a heartbeat that they, they would give him they would give him a blank check because they don't care about money so what are you going to do? You, you have to keep one of them. I think letting, I think keeping both of them. I, cool. If that's your plan, whatever you're rolling with the same thing that hasn't worked, I guess for two, three years, or you're, you're keeping Britain over Chapman because a Britain's $6 million cheaper over the next two years. Chapman is $33 million as opposed to Britain's 27. Um, and Chapman has a lot of stink on him after what's happened. And I don't know who to blame for it aside from him. Uh, I know he wasn't put in the greatest of situations because the games were close and he was obviously not brought in in the ninth inning when he has to be, but I don't think that matters because you're a pitcher. You have to get outs. Andrew Miller was deployed in the fifth inning on the the Indians world series run in 2016. He was clearly the best closer on that team. uh, The best reliever on that team, even though Cody Allen was the closer. So I'm done with that conversation. Chapman needs to go. I think you have to find a way to get rid of out if there's no use for him, if you don't trust him anymore, there's no, why are you paying a guy 9 million? I'd rather, and also I don't care what we get for Chapman. I think one top 15 pitching prospect is fine. Get rid of the entire salary because you know, they're going to cry about the money, get all that money off the books and then they can respend that, that $33 million elsewhere and they can get two, three relievers out of it get Liam Hendricks and Blake trying and then you probably have a surplus of money left over trade out of, Eno, doesn't matter. If you can get rid of that salary, I doubt you can. Um, unless you throw another player into the deal. Uh, maybe the A's find value in him. You know, they, they always, or, you know, uh, teams like that can always figure it out with, with someone like that. And you got to get rid of Gary, you know, it's, it was a bad look that he, that he only started one game of the ALDS and then came in for those three innings in game five. And then everyone's blaming him for the failed pitch frame. Uh, these guys have to go because they're getting paid a lot of money. Gary got paid five million. Gary's salary this year was five million, and it's going to go up because of arbitration. I mean, it's probably going to go up, right? You don't go down in arbitration. Yeah, there's series. no way it goes yeah. down, even though it should. So, you want to talk about the Yankees? They're compla- they're already complaining about money. They're talking about sustaining losses. You're talking about guys who are not getting the job done for this team. They paid all this money for Adavino, who they thought could be a quasi ninth inning guy in the event you know something catastrophic happened to the bullpen or Britton and Chapman were tired now you can't even trust bringing him in in the sixth inning of a one-run game when there's a runner on base these guys have to go and then you figure it out from there I think that there's enough there's enough people on this team right now and there will be enough people on the market for the Yankees to make you know get in there maybe overpay a little bit for these guys and it still won't even be close to what you're paying for these for uh, Chapman Britton and Sanchez right now so that's 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 what I think needs to be done
2: Wow. Baseball traditionalists! Well, we got ourselves an Amy Coney baseball over here. I
3: mean, wow. dude, everybody wants to talk about how the, the, the baseball, you know, baseball's too, you know, buy the book. Let's, let's open it up. Let's start doing crazy things. And now, and now you're complaining because Chapman's brought it in the eighth. Like, okay, then great. He doesn't
2: belong on the team.
3: Then there's no use for him.
2: Yep. I, I mean, look, you, you, you bring up Gary Sanchez. I do think it's just worth noting exactly what Hal Steinbrenner said about Gary Sanchez in his interview on Tuesday Uh, He was asked about Gary, whether he'll return to form in 2021, and Hal said, we'll get him back. That means we'll get him back to his previous all-star form. That does not mean we'll have him back in the Bronx. Uh, So they're going to have a lot of trouble maximizing that contract in any potential trade, um, especially considering what people just saw. We've talked about it plenty uh, 2020 is a pretty small sample size, but 2019 and 2018 or not, there's a lot of bad data on Gary Sanchez at this point, someone's going to want him and someone's going to unlock him, but it's not going to net the Yankees very much. Um, people have mentioned the Los Angeles angels of Anaheim as a destination that makes the most sense to me. Um, there's no pressure there. And then they need as many bats as possible around Mike Trout. And then when, uh, there are six games out of a playoff spot, you can blame Gary Sanchez. Again, you just can continue blaming him. Uh, for that team's downfalls but that does make sense as a soft cushy landing spot Um, this all makes sense to me folks I I do I want to get rid of everybody you want to get rid of Um, the one name I haven't mentioned yet uh, that I really have very little to say about but I just want to leave as a nugget in our listeners heads Uh, Masahiro Tanaka maybe we uh, maybe we let him walk and maybe we use less money to sign Kevin Gossman who did have a mini breakout last year uh, in San Francisco did well against playoff bound teams like the A's uh, he's got that heavy sinker. He's sort of like a Charlie Morton light. So if Matt Blake and Kevin Gosman can get together maybe and maximize that breakout, he's only 29. He's probably going to be able to be had for a, you know, a two year $18 million deal, $20 million uh, worth considering. Um, okay, great. Before we leave after we fixed the Yankees, which we just did uh, good for us. Nailed it <laughs> job. Well done. Um, it is time to briefly talk about the Houston Astros. Um, briefly, I mean, this could be se- This could be a whole other podcast. It could be seven hours. But yeah. the Houston Astros, uh, so far, three ALCS games against the Rays in San Diego. Three of the fattest L's that you can hold. Uh, you just can't hold fatter L's. They have out-smacked the Rays by a large margin. The, the expected batting average in these three Astros losses has been at or way above 300. One of them was 367. They are out hitting them by a mile, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11 hits every game, uh, ripping line drives directly into the defensive shift. Um, and they've had the tying run come to the plate in the ninth inning of all three games. And yet, they have lost three times, and they are facing Tyler Glass now on Wednesday in game four. So we must say out loud, it's not that easy, Houston. It is not that easy. Jose Altuve has the yips. He's throwing balls uh, way right of first base and way left of second base on double plays. Uh, he's striking out on sliders. Uh, the the way they Houston Astros looked overmatched against the Ryan Thompson frisbee slider uh, on full counts. It was just the most satisfying and stark example of what it looks like when you no longer know a breaking balls coming. The three two Alex Bregman swing at the frisbee slider should be in the Louvre. Mm. And and thus far the Astros are getting absolutely pantsed. Uh, in unlucky fashion, which is what they deserve. They don't deserve to just get destroyed and they don't deserve to lose a seven game series. They deserve to get, you know, go three games without a single fucking break and that's what they've gone so far. And, you know, one team in history has come back from down 3-0 before in a CS. I don't remember what that team was, no recollection, <laughs> but apparently it happened once. Uh so there's there's that Houston there's that you can hang your hats on that, but through three games, you will never see a more excruciating three losses. And it's they awesome. Des-
3: yeah, and they deserve it. And I, Buster Olney saying that we should feel bad for Jose Altuve and Brandon McCarthy, former Dodgers pitcher, saying the same thing. It's like, why? Why do I have to feel bad for Jose Altuve? Did anybody feel bad for A-Rod when he got exiled from baseball that one year because he, you know, got, he got caught with steroids? Did anyone feel bad for Barry Bonds when – His career just abruptly came to an end because he was, you know, associated with Balco. Nobody gave a shit. Everybody was happy and celebrating against those people. And now we're going to feel bad for Jose Altuve, who was a main figure in one of the biggest cheating scandals in sports history, because he made a couple of bad throws to cost his team. Well, you know what? Also we play the Rays 19 times a year, and this is the same crap we deal with defensive shifts. We're hitting right into their defense coming to play their hitters, getting the most timely hits you could ever imagine. I don't feel bad. And I especially am never going to feel bad after Carlos Correa is coming out here talking trash against all the quote haters. There's nobody been, they got off the hook in the best way imaginable. No fans in the stands this year, made the playoffs in an expanded field with an under 500 record. And then you're going to come out and you're going to blast, you're going to put everybody who has been criticizing you on blast because you just beat two of the most. Inept playoff teams in modern history, in the Minnesota Twins and the Oakland Athletics, and say that we're here. What are you going to do about it? Well, the Rays are doing something about it, and you're about to go home because I, I don't—I'm I, not jinxing that they're not coming down from 3-0. I don't care what anybody says. The Rays have it this year. Kevin Cash once again lines up this rotation perfectly, has the bullpen ready perfectly. Tyler Glass now going in this game should be a death sentence for Houston. I hope it is. A sweep would be great. Um, but there is in no way I'm going to feel bad for this team, especially when Jose Altuve came up on the podium, gave a half-assed apology. Him and Alex Bregman did not care. And then Carlos Correa spent the rest of the offseason doing Altuve's dirty work, talking shit to all the other MLB players who were calling out Altuve because he couldn't do it himself. I'm sure he's a nice guy, uh, I'm not sure of that. I mean, I'm sure he's a good family guy. I'm sure he doesn't do anything wrong outside of baseball, but he cheated in baseball, and now you're losing, and that's just the way it is. I'm sorry. Losing in the ALCS, oh, man, I feel so bad for you. Guess what, everyone? This is what it feels like to be a Yankees fan for the last, largely the last 20 years. No breaks in the playoffs. Astros got every bounce over the last what? The only only hiccup they ran into was the Red Sox steamrolling everybody. They went to seven games with the Nationals. They just got outpitched. I mean every other every other scenario in their post, they got every bounce against the Yankees in the in those ALCS games. They got they cheated against the Dodgers and won the World Series. They came one they came, you know, a few innings away from winning again last year. So
2: I don't know what I'm feeling bad for. I don't. I mean, they got out cheated by the 2018 Red Sox. Like <laughs> because of a guy they sent to the 2018 Red Sox. Like it's yeah. unbelievable. I had a guy online fighting with me because, you know, I'm bored. I I know Yankee games. I'm just fighting with Astros fans in the evening now. I block off 7 to 10 Eastern, and I just go at it with Astros fans. (laughs) And a dude was like, I don't know why you're so salty. Like, we're 1-1 and in the cheating department. We won 1 in 2017 and lost 1 in 2018. It feels like we're even. It's like, no, you taught Alex Cora how to cheat. He learned it in your locker room, and you unleashed him on the world. I don't feel bad for you for getting bitten by Alex Cora cheating. I feel bad for me because you stole three from me. It's not even. I don't care about you. I don't care about you at all. And eventually, and I and the guy goes, we didn't cheat in 2019. I go, yeah, you did. He goes, Pro- provide evidence. I go, okay, here's players from the Washington Nationals saying they witnessed you cheating. Remember Steven Strasburg famously changing his signs, and that's the only reason he beat you? And the guy goes, just admit it. That's flimsy evidence. Just admit you hate the Astros and move on. Great argument. I will admit that. I hate the Astros everybody does everybody hates you everyone on earth hates you (laughs) it wasn't hard to admit that oh if i just admit i hate the astros we can move on great i fucking hate them everyone hates them and they've done nothing to earn anything other than hatred so when you Uh, read national baseball reporters like buster Olney telling you to feel bad for jose altuve because no one hates failing in the clutch like no one likes to fail in the clutch Of course. And and remember that when they try to rehab the image of AJ Hinch and Alex Cora, who are going to be getting managerial jobs this offseason, whether you like it or not. Hinch is probably going to the White Sox. Cora is probably going to the Red Sox. Maybe the Tigers. But odds are very high that one or two of those men gets hired. The White Sox are definitely doing it. I don't know which one. People seem to be leaning Hinch, which makes you think that Cora is sort of a done deal in Boston. Um, are these guys going to be I mean these guys are effective field generals whether they're cheating or not but the amount of hard work the baseball media has done to make you feel terrible for the adversity that these guys have faced I mean give me a break and they're going to do it in overdrive when they get new jobs next month so we're just preparing you for it like this is the October version of this like Jose Altuve failed in the clutch so you should feel terrible for him where was the rehab for our oldest Chapman <laughs> nobody tweeted that. Nobody decided to tweet that, and Arulis Chapman failed two October's in a row, and this has got to be really hard on him. So remember that when you make your little tweets and your, your short, you know, little packages of 180 characters. Nobody feels bad for Jose Altuve. People lose in the playoffs every year. People directly cause losses in the playoffs every year. There were no reporters tweeting about Chuck Knoblock when he started throwing the baseball to Omaha in the middle <laughs> of the playoffs in '98. Like this has never happened before and no one has ever done an offense worse than the Astros. So you're doing this massive rehab for people who have done worse things than people that you have shunned from the game of baseball. It's insane. Uh, welcome to the gong show because we're officially crossed over the border. But you know what? We're also doing this massive rehab uh, while the Astros are down 3-0. So get your rehab tweets out now uh, because this, this series is not long. It, it's pretty much done.
3: Yeah, and I think that's it.
2: I think that's, that's it, folks. I think I really think that's <laughs> it. Um, that's it for this week's episode of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. By this week, I mean this Wednesday. God, it's been such a long week. Uh, remember to drop us a mailbag comment, especially if you're from the city of Houston and the surrounding areas, uh, anywhere in Texas really. If you think that stadium in Arlington where the NLCS is, is good. We want to hear from you too because we want to let you know what's really good. Um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to drop us a five-star review if you're not here to drop us a five-star, but please don't drop us a review at all. Um, Until next time, I'm Adam Weiner. You can find me on Twitter and please find me. I'll even spell it out for you at Adam, W-E-I-N-R-I-B. I I would love to hear from you. If you're from Houston, please. And if you early vote, if you early vote, drop me the I voted sticker and then we can talk about how the Astros are frauds.
3: Yeah, baby. Uh, And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. You can forget about the Yanks Go Yard official Twitter account right now because we're not live tweeting games. So head on over to yanksgoyard.com. Read some of the articles we got up there uh, pertaining to the offseason, what's ahead, what to expect, what do we think, maybe what you think, whatever rumors we're hearing about. I think it'll be good discourse. You want to hear more from you guys. Um, And until Friday, we'll see you. We will see you.
1: Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app, and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a Pick 'Em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply.